Good morning, I'm Ben Thompson. This is WCNC's Wake Up Charlotte to Go, and here are your top stories. Happening today, Union County school leaders meeting to discuss its controversial calendar for the upcoming school year. Right now, class is set to start back up on August 9th. That's three weeks earlier than in previous years. Union County now facing a lawsuit from parents saying the district is violating state law by starting the school year so early. Wake Up Charlotte's Jesse Pierre joins us now live. And Jesse, we should say this is not just an issue for Union County. We are seeing like a bit of a trend here. Several districts in both North and South Carolina wanting to shake up the school year and start a bit early. Yes, absolutely. Several schools have already, you know, starting the school day uh, earlier in the year has already been something adopted by several school districts, while some others are considering the change. However, Union County is the first we know of being sued about the change. Union County School Board of Education voted unanimously to start the 2023-2024 school year earlier. The new calendar would run from August 9th through May 22nd. The change violates a state law that requires schools to start the closest Monday to August 29th. That law in place to protect the tourism industry. And now some parents who do not want the new start date to go into effect are suing. One parent says this will impact her business in a negative way. I think it's a fairly clear case uh, that uh, those, uh, those efforts uh, on the part of some local school systems uh, should be uh, enjoined by the courts. We'll see what judges do. I favor more flexibility for the local districts and for the parents to have input in that. So uh, uh, not sure what will happen with the lawsuit, but uh, I, I think there ought to be greater flexibility. Now, that special meeting was supposed to actually happen earlier in the week, but it was canceled with really no notice and then rescheduled to this morning. That is supposed to get on the way at 730. Live in Weddington, Jesse Pierre, Wake Up Charlotte. And we know you'll be there. You'll bring us the latest after it happens. Jesse, thank you. Turning more of today's top stories in your morning rush. A newborn baby found dead next to railroad tracks in East Rockingham. Richmond County Sheriff's deputies say the baby was found around 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon next to the tracks near South Street. Deputies say they're still working to figure out how it happened. If you know anything, you're asked to call deputies. A Lancaster School District teacher facing trafficking and drug possession charges. Here's a look at what deputies found. Multiple types of guns and bullets along with fentanyl and marijuana. The raid took place at a home minutes from the South Carolina border on Thursday morning. Police also arresting Tyler Rhodes, who's also facing charges. Today, we could see video of a deadly assault that led to charges for five Memphis police officers. The former officials now charged with murder and misconduct. It comes after Tyree Nichols died after officers pulled him over and allegedly beat him earlier this month. The family attorney is saying the autopsy showed Nichols suffering extensive bleeding from the beating. Well, President Biden delivered his first major economic speech of the year yesterday before union workers. He spent much of it touting his accomplishments as president, but also came out swinging against Republicans, talking a lot about his agenda, trying to draw a contrast with Republicans. And while he has made no announcement yet, the president is said to be weighing a re-election bid, and he should be making an announcement sometime after the State of the Union address February 7th. Salisbury City leaders considering building a massive new facility. It would get developed around the Civic Center downtown. City leaders discussing plans to use American Rescue Plan funds to create a site plan for long-term improvements. Parks and Rec hoping to upgrade the area with a park, courts, and a walking trail as well. And that is it for your morning rush.
Today, we're expecting more testimony in Alec Murdoch's murder trial. Yesterday, the jury hearing from first responders who arrived to the crime scene where Murdoch's son and wife were shot to death. It was an emotional day, and Murdoch was seen visibly crying while listening to 911 calls. Wake Up Charlotte's Kaylin Hagwood is following the trial from Walterboro. I'm Kaylin Hagwood outside the Calton County Courthouse. Prosecutors began laying out their case against Alec Murdoch, sharing details of what they say happened the night his wife and son were killed. A 911 call outlines the moments after prosecutors say Maggie and Paul Murdoch were found shot dead at their family estate. Alec Murdoch made the call for help after finding the two, but prosecutors say he's the one responsible, calling witnesses they believe link him to the crime, including Calton County Detective Daniel Green. They did check him. It's official that they're dead? Yes, sir. That's what it looks like. When you observed these victims, was it obvious that they had injuries incompatible with life? Yes, any reasonable person that came upon those bodies would have come to a conclusion that they were deceased. But attorneys for Murdoch say he's a loving father and spouse, with Murdoch at times appearing emotional when graphic details of their deaths were shared. Barry McCoy is with the Calton County Fire Rescue. That is the uh, body of uh, Paul. He is laying down with, you can see there's substantial damage to his head with a lot of blood around his head. As the trial continues, we could hear from Murdoch's former associates, including Curtis Smith, who's accused of shooting him in a suicide for hire plot. Court resumes at 930. Reporting here in Calton County, I'm Kaylin Hagwood. Well, after months of searching for a head coach, the Carolina Panthers now have a new leader. Former Indianapolis coach head coach Frank Reich now looking to call Charlotte home. Reich signing a four year contract with the team. He will now become the sixth head coach in franchise history. And you know what? It's a homecoming of sorts. Reich was the Panthers' first ever quarterback during the inaugural season back in 1995. Reich recently completed his second interview with the team and was trending as one of the, the leading uh, candidates since the season ended. Reich was fired by the Colts midseason after more than four seasons with the team. So typical you see from these coaching hires, whether it's on the NFL level or at the college level, they try to find the complete opposite of their ex. And that is Frank Reich, who's 61, who's right close same age as uh, David Tepper, 65. Yeah. He's an experienced play caller in the NFL. He's an experienced head coach, having success in the NFL. Experience, experience, experience. As you can imagine, not everybody thrilled about the change, including former interim head coach Steve Wilkes. In a statement from his legal team yesterday, his team said, quote, they were shocked and disturbed by the decision. The legal team going on to say the NFL has a legitimate race problem, promising they would have more to say in the coming days. So this morning, we want to know, do you think David Tepper made the right decision here? Texas 704-329-3600 or use the hashtag WakeUpCLT. Time now to connect the dots when we make the news make sense. Tomorrow, former President Donald Trump will make his way to South Carolina. He's kicking off his 2024 campaign to take back the White House. But at this point, the field of candidates remains small and for good reason. You haven't heard a lot of candidates announce their presidential bids because of legal reasons. Let's connect the dots. Every election you hear reports of some candidates toying with the idea of running for president, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, Liz Cheney, just a few of the folks who've said they've given a run for the White House some thought. But it takes time to make a decision. It often involves conversations with those closest to the candidate, as it's often a huge undertaking for the whole family. But there are also legal reasons as well. 
Once a candidate declares, they are required to fill out paperwork outlining key details about their team and fundraising. And by delaying an announcement, it allows a candidate to coordinate with outside groups, including super PACs. These organizations aren't allowed to coordinate with any particular candidate, but in the months before launch, potential contenders could guide a team that sets them up for success once they announce. All so they can benefit themselves during a vicious fight for one of the most powerful positions in the world. And that is Connecting the Dots. Thanks for listening. You can find all these stories and more right now on WCNC.com. Join the Wake Up Charlotte team weekday mornings on WCNC Charlotte from 4.30 to 7 a.m. Like and subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend.